Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Great stuff. I'm glad I caught your eye there, Mark. Just want to start it in. Um, so, yeah, we've, as you know, over the last wee while, we have been looking at vision and all on Sunday uh, over the last couple of weeks about how we respond, all of us together in this, in this all in nature. And, uh, and I suppose when we look at everything we've been um, exploring over the last couple of weeks, as, as Alan was saying, it all boils down to pretty much this one thing. We could sum it all up and just simply saying this, the vision is Jesus. It has to be him. All that we say and all that we do. And even, even for next week when we go to give, the reason why we give is because the vision is Jesus. We want this all to be about him. Sometimes it just seems, isn't it, that we can, we can just be so busy in our lives, we can be so busy in ministry, we can be so busy doing the church that we almost forget what it means to be the church. We are Jesus' body here on earth. Big reason, a part of the reason why we exist is because we are here to carry out his ministry here on earth. So we need to be able to make sure that Jesus stays our vision, Jesus stays our focus even last week, or a couple of weeks ago, when we looked at our long-term and short-term aims, there's lots that we got specific about, but it all boils down to simply this. The vision is Jesus. We want to make him known in our city. We want our city to come alive, but it's all about him. And as a church family and a church community, we want all of us to get this. We want all of us to be part of just exploring and getting a fresh understanding and a fresh revelation of what it means to simply see Jesus and to follow Jesus in all of his ways. Last Sunday night, Alan did a great job just introducing our new, se- our new series, evening series called The Practice. Poured it down and Lurgan are coming together for the evenings. It was, it's going to be a brilliant series. That's just practically looking at what are some of the rhythms that we need to embed into our lives that allows us to daily see Jesus, that allows us to daily make Jesus our vision and our focus in our lives. If you hadn't got listening to it, it'd be great to go and listen to the podcast. But one, one of the verses that Alan shared last Sunday night was this one in 2 Peter 1 verse 2 to 4. Before I read it, just, just to say this, that this seems to be that for a lot of us, when we say that Jesus is our vision and Jesus is the one that we want to become like, it just seems to be that for many of us, we just feel that we simply can't. We, we feel that we've got so many weaknesses or so many struggles in our lives that we think to ourselves, well, we can't be like him. There, for some of us as well, we just have this narrative that's just been embedded into us. It's just Northern Irish traditional Christianity, it seems to be, that it's just embedded into us where it says that Jesus is Lord and King, which he is, he is above all things, but it's just, it just seems to be this line and this phrase that people use, even as Christians, over and over and over again, where they say, oh, well, sure, we're just sinners. And we are not sinners. We are saints in the eyes of God. Right? We have been saved by him. And we can be like him in our very nature. And this is what it says in this verse, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, listen to this, you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Imagine this, we can be like him. In our very nature, we can become like God. It's beautiful, isn't it? 
And that's what we want to press into is that in this series of unfailed faces, we just want to see with, our, with the veil taken off, with the veil removed, it's like we want to be able to see Jesus afresh in our lives. We want to be able to see him in his fullness and in his glory. And in this series, one of the things we're going to be pressing into, Phil and I will be taking a lot of the teaching in it, we're just going to be pressing into firstly get a fresh understanding of the holiness of God. If we're going to have a vision of Jesus, we need to see Jesus for who he fully is. He is a holy God, and so we want to have a fresh understanding. I know we did a series on holiness a couple of years ago in the evening times. We're not going to just regurgitate old material, but you know what? It's something that is significant about reminding ourselves about the holiness of Jesus. It's him that we want to be like. It's him that we want to imitate. And one of the key verses we're going to be using in this is this one in 2 Corinthians, verse 3 to 18. We all with unfailed faces contemplate the Lord's glory. Listen to this. Are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We're going to spend some time looking at the difference between the Old and the New Covenant in this series as well, just exploring the difference that we see. It seems to be what we read in the Old and New Testament. In this reference, it tells us about Moses. As Moses, as he went up the mountain and as he encountered God, he was transformed and he was changed. And it says that he, his countenance, he shone with the glory of God as he, as he saw God in all of his ways. And as he came down the mountain, he had to wear a veil over his face because the glory of the Lord was shining from him. It was so bright. The thing about this glory was that it faded, right? It was fading. The one from this old covenant, what is so special about the new covenant which we are now part of and which we're going to be pressing into and exploring in this series is that it is ever increasing. It is getting better and better and better and increasing day after day after day after day. For us. This should be the reality for all of us in our lives. And so if it's not, and when it's not in my life, I've got to ask, what are the responsibilities that I need to take in my life personally? Because this is the heart and the will of God. This is the heart and will of the Father for me and for you, that it would be ever increasing, getting better and better and better in our lives. And so we're excited to press into this together. Finally, just before we get into today's passage, it's also going to help us just to reinforce uh, some of the, the teaching on discipleship. You know that we really want to embed, over, particularly over the next couple of years, a really deep um, and profound discipleship culture within our church community. The definition on discipleship that we gave and we want to just continue just to hold together is simply this one, following Jesus in all of life. It's a really simple definition. We hope you can continue to use it um, in terms of your understanding. But it's him that we follow. It's Jesus that we follow above all else. And if Jesus is the one that we follow, Jesus needs to be the one that is our vision. Jesus needs to be the one that we are constantly looking at. When we are invited to follow Jesus, the best understanding of us is this word apprenticing. When you apprentice someone, while there's a lot of theoretical knowledge that someone would be taught, like uh, someone standing at the front and teaching, the best way for someone to apprentice someone is by watching them, by observing them. And this is what we've been invited to do. Jesus has spoken these words over our lives. Come and follow me. Come and follow me in all of my ways, Jesus is saying this. So he needs to be our vision. We need to watch him. We're going to apprentice him in all of his ways. And so I suppose as we go into this in this morning, what we want to really leave with is that I feel that, I feel this morning, I just want to leave us with a fresh invitation of the Father to see Jesus afresh. A fresh invitation from the Holy Spirit that, listen, we're here at this point where we're at. Some of you have arrived at this point with disappointments, with struggles. Some of you are at a good place, which is great. But here's the thing you need to know. There's so much more ahead. 
And there's something new for us to see and experience in the things of God that he wants to invite us into. And so this morning, if you have a Bible with you, we're going to be opening up at Matthew chapter 17. We're going to be reading the passage from there on the transfiguration. And this morning, I just would love, as we read this, I'm just going to pull two or three things out of it very briefly and allow us just to see this fresh invitation that the Holy Spirit has for us this morning in terms of seeing Jesus afresh, Jesus being our vision. Matthew 17, if you have your Bibles with you on your phone or if you have a hard copy, we probably won't be putting loads of the passages up on the screen. You know, we said this during the summer. We would love to encourage you just to to have your Bible just regularly using it. We're not making a religion out of this, but we just love to practice this. Suppose Sundays are a good environment to practice using your Bible as well so you get familiar with it. Um, and particularly just if there's anyone new to the faith, it just helps us just to navigate these things as well. So Matthew 17, and we're going to read uh, the first nine or ten verses of this. It says this, And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, tell no one about the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. We'll finish there in verse 10. This morning, I just want to simply just ask this question. I would love you to reflect on this just for a few seconds. But how, if Jesus is to be our vision, how do you see Jesus? These were the questions I was asking myself during the week. How do you see Jesus? And I suppose more than that, how do you intentionally look for Jesus in your life if we're to see him? The first thing in this that I noticed when I was reading this passage was there was an invitation by Jesus. Jesus says that he takes Peter, James, and John, and he invited them to come up a mountain with them so they could spend time alone. One of the things that it really spoke to me about was the significance of this how we practice retreat and withdraw. I don't know about what your rhythms are like in your life. And um, One of the things that we teach on and grow when we, when we come to look about prayer and when we teach on prayer is about how beautiful it is, you know, that it's not about the religiosity of making sure you get the right words and in the right way, but actually it's about a relationship. So when we, we talk about, you know, I, I love just the freedom of being able to walk and talk with God. I love being able to just pray as I'm walking, as I'm driving the car, but you know what? What we read in this passage, as beautiful as that is, is so much more than that. There's a depth that Jesus was inviting the disciples to at this point and is inviting us to at this point of the significance of retreat and withdraw. If Jesus is the one that we follow, if we're saying we're following Jesus in all of life, then we need to look and see what are some of the things that Jesus did. And Jesus, we read, regularly was withdrawing. 
he was coming away and he was going up and he was spending time alone with the Father, the intentionality of spending time, not time to rest, right? This wasn't just about taking a wee rest because he was tired from ministry. It was getting alone with the Father, to learn from the Father and to become more like him. And I suppose for me, I just feel that I need to, and for us, we need to grasp the significance of this for our lives. Again, my prayers can be mobile, but this is something that is so much more intentional and deeper about it. And it's this level of relating that Jesus invites us to. These three disciples, right, Peter, James, and John, were the closest out of the 12 disciples to Jesus. And what Jesus is doing at this moment is that Jesus is bringing them up the mountain. We need to understand the significance of this. And this, this is where... This is where my mind went. I felt this as I was just meditating on this through the week. I felt the Holy Spirit drop a couple of things in. And hear me on this. Don't, don't be going home and saying this is the 100% gospel that Dave preached in this. So this is exactly what it is. But these are my questions and my thoughts that I felt the Holy Spirit leading me on. Because firstly, I was just feeling that this, this whole process of transfiguration, when Jesus went up, he brought the disciples with him. And for me, what I felt was that actually this whole thing that happened in terms of his whole appearance changing, we're told that his face shone like the sun, his clothes were white, and, uh, and the disciples saw all of that. And if that wasn't supernatural enough, then suddenly Moses and Elijah appear as well. There's just this incredible supernatural encounter. He was transfigured. This, the Greek word for transfigured is this, it's metamorpho, and it means to transform literally or figuratively metamorphos, change, transfigure, or transform, right? This is what it means, it's a complete change. In biology, we talk about metamorphosis, where there's something changes from one thing to another, so a caterpillar changes into a butterfly, it is a complete and an utter change. This is where this word gets its meaning from, there's a complete and utter change of the person. This is what happened to Jesus, radical change happened before the disciples' eyes and they were witnessing this. The thing that I think is significant for, for this as we read it, is that I don't think I don't think that this, what actually happened, while it was for Jesus, right? There was something that's significant that happened to Jesus. I think that so much of this was for the disciples that he brought with him. And the reason why I feel that this wasn't just for Jesus is because what I imagine is this. I think every time Jesus got alone with the Father, he experienced a transforming, transfiguring experience. Maybe not exactly what we read about where Moses and Elijah come and his face and his features all change, but I, found, I feel that there was something significant every time Jesus withdrew and got alone with the Father that he was transformed in that moment as he spent time in the presence of God. There was the intentionality of retreat and withdrawal. In this moment, Jesus brings Peter, James, and John, three guys who were going to be the foundation of the early church, and he brings them with him up the mountain because he wants them to get this. He wants them to see, guys, this is what happens when you come away. This is what happens when you have the intentionality of spending time and allowing me to speak into your life and for you to hear and to see me for who I really am. You will be transformed. You will be changed. You will not be the same. We've all had moments, I'm sure, like that in the past that we could talk about. And this is the heart of God, that every time we come to engage with him and we spend time with him, that we would be transformed, that we would be transfigured. I, I read this passage I think a couple of years ago but even in worship when we come here and we gather as the people together on a Sunday what are our expectations do we feel like we will be changed 
Because this is the heart of the Father. This is what he said. This was a prophetic uh, vision of the temple of pure worship that he was given to the children of Israel. It was a temple that was never built, but it spoke of something better in Ezekiel 46. And it says this, When the people of the land come before the Lord at the appointed feasts, he who enters by the north gate to worship shall go out by the south gate, and he who enters by the south gate shall go out by the north gate. No one shall return by the way of the gate by which he entered, but each should go out straight ahead. What he was saying was that in his best image of what happens when we come to worship and we come to engage with the Father, this should be our expectation. When we come in, if we come in by the south gate, I can't go back out the same way I came in because I'm about to be transformed and transfigured in this moment and I'm going to leave changed. If I come in by this way, I'm not going to go back out that way. I'm going to leave completely different because I've been transformed and transfigured. This is the expectation that the Father wants us to have with him each and every time we engage. This is what is here for us in this moment. And this is what, I think it's in Psalm 46. I don't have it on the screen, but Psalm 46, verse 10, I think it is. And this is what he says, Be still and know that I am God. I feel that there's something for us in this season where we need time of stillness. And being able to hear, this is where I struggle because I just like being busy, it seems. Anyone else like that? We just, yeah, we just love being busy. We love doing things. And yet if we, want, if we want to be people that are being transformed from one degree of glory to another, which is the promise of God and his hope for us, this is what we need to do. We need to be still and know him and allow in this engage, as we engage with him to be transformed and transfigured. What we read in this passage isn't just a nice story where we think, oh, isn't that lovely? This is for us to expect. And here's what happens, right? Peter, as he stands up on the mountain, I've gone completely off my notes now, so let's just see how this goes, right? Peter, Peter when, he, when he's up the mountain... Um, all this has happened, right? So Jesus has completely changed. He's bright and he's white and he's shining in front of him. Moses and Elijah are here. Sometimes I wonder, how did you know there were Moses and Elijah? Did Jesus say, lads, this is Moses and Elijah. Do you want to meet them? I don't know. I don't know what happened in this, but they're here at this moment. And here's Peter's reaction to it all. If it was me, I'd be freaking out thinking, this is incredible. Peter says this, um, Peter says this, Lord, it is good that we are here. Lord, it is good. Part of me when I was reading it, it's just probably where I'm, I'm just strange. Part of me was reading it like in, a, in an English posh accent, thinking, oh, isn't it very good that we're here? Isn't this very pleasant that we're here with us? And suddenly in this moment, I can almost see like the father thinking, no, there's so much for you to be getting in this. And what, he, uh, what happens with Peter in this moment is um, he, what he wants to do is he starts, so you read this in the passage, he says, Jesus, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to make three tents. Going to make one for you, going to make one for Moses. And I can almost imagine him giving Moses a wink because he realizes Moses was quite into tents with a tabernacle and he thinks, all right, I'll try and impress you. And I'll, I'll make one for you as well. So here, here's, here's the three tents for, for you, Moses and Elijah. And the father breaks in at this point because what Peter has tried to do, and this is what I feel just as the last point, just to grasp, and then we're going to stand and pray. Sometimes I feel when we've had those significant moments with God, Here's, here's the temptation that we have. So for some of you, when I ask about a significant moment with the Father, a significant moment with God, all of you, I'm sure, can speak of the beginning point, the moment you were saved. It's beautiful to be able to remember the time we were saved. But what Peter did, right, here's a significant moment, and he does something religious with it. He starts making three tents. There's, there's a significant transforming thing that's, that's, that's happening and available to him here at this moment, and he tries to do something religious. 
He's like, oh, I'm going to make these three tents. And I'll be able to look at them and say, oh, that was the time, remember, Jesus did that. And sometimes what happens in our lives when we have these significant moments of God, we relegate them to times in the past when we just remember something. What happens in these times of transformation? And this was the heart of the Father. When Peter's there scratching his head and thinking, the best thing to do now is to start making tents. The Father breaks in and is like, no, Peter. And the voice comes and he says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And this is the words that he says to Peter. He says, listen to him. Listen to him. Something is happening in this moment, this transforming moment that is life-giving. The Father has, has this for us in this season. I'm certain of it for all of us in our lives, right? Is that if we can take this moment of stillness and solitude and withdraw and retreat and get alone with him, that there's going to be many for all of us, many moments of transformation that is available to us in this moment. But what we need to do is we need to listen Let's have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us in this season. Not ears to hear what other people are saying, because that can be very distracting and misleading. Have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us in this season. And as we listen to Him, here's what we need to believe, is that all that is happening in this moment is not something that I'm going to look back on in a a week or two weeks' time and think, oh, wasn't that good? I wish we could go back to those good old days. That's what happens. We just relegate our God moments to things of the past when the whole point to them is not, not about relegating to something in the past, but it's releasing us into our future. It's releasing us into the more. And here's the thing that we need to realize is that when you have that encounter with God, don't settle. Be hungry for more. Because this, this covenant that we are now in is where we're changing from one degree of glory to another. So tomorrow, when I engage with God, I want it to mean that it's better than today. And the day after, I want it to be better and getting closer, and getting to know him more, and more, and more, and more. I want to have eyes to see him, and be able to see him in his holiness, and get to know more and more about him, so that in this moment, I'm just becoming more like him. I'm able to follow Jesus, because he's my vision, and I'm seeing him for who he really is. This is what transformation is about, and I feel in this, in this season for us, I feel that there are many hearts that are hungry for it in church, but I would just love it to be for all of us. I don't want it to be for the few. I would love it to be something that is an expectation of all of us because the Father wants it for us. The Father wants it for you. He wants to engage with you and for you to be able to see him for who he really is, not for what you've known from the religious stuff in the past, but for you to be able to see him for who he really is. And not so that we can just feel all nice about it because what we read in this is that the disciples came back down the mountain again. And when they came back down the mountain, something had changed. (laughs) Moses, when he came back down the mountain, something had changed. Listen what it says here in Philippians. It says, do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Listen, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. This is what happens when you spend time with God start to shine. And when you start to shine, what people are hoping is that there'll be stuff that'll happen in your life that means you'll stop shining because people will want to pull you off and derail you. Here's what you want to do. Keep shining brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter because this glory that we're in, it's ever increasing from one degree of glory. That's what the heart of the Father is for us and this is what he's inviting us into. And I don't know about you, but I want that so much in my life. And I know that there's stuff in my life that can so easily pull me away from it. And that's why I need accountability. 
That's why I need support. That's why I need support of friends and the community. That's why I need discipleship. I recognize I can't do this on my own. There's so many weaknesses, but I know I want that. And for all of us, this is why we need to support one another in this season. Let's go after God. In this, in this series of what we simply want to do, we just want to have our eyes on him. He's our vision. We want to just see him in increasing ways and learn about him in his beautiful ways and just go after him with all that we have. Stand to your feet this morning just to be praying. Johnny and the guys, you just want to come and we'll finish with part of a song. I love this quote. I'll use it last Sunday night. Tim Keller, in religion, you obey because God is useful. In Christianity, you obey because God is beautiful. This is where we need eyes to see him afresh for who he really is, for what he has for us, his heart for us in our lives. What I would love you to do, could you close your eyes for me a wee second? Let me just, with your eyes closed, let me read this verse. We just read it earlier in Matthew 17. It says this, when they lifted up their eyes, they saw, they saw no one but Jesus only. With your eyes closed, I want you to imagine, because he's here, where it tells us where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst. So Jesus is standing right in front of you right now. want you to picture yourself he's reaching out his hand towards you I want you to imagine yourself putting your hand in his but I want you to I want you to sense what, what are some of the the thoughts as Jesus is standing right here in front of you what are some of the thoughts that you're feeling what are some of the emotions that you're feeling in this moment for some of you I feel that even in this moment that there, if you, as you're picturing that, there's a sense with your head down that there's a sense of shame and you need to know that it's not from him. From some, for some of you, I feel that as you stand before Jesus, because we're told in this that when the voice speaks from heaven, it says that disciples fell down and they were terrified. It's like a terrifying fear and it's not from the Lord. And Jesus actually says this to the disciples and this is what he says to you with his hand in yours. Rise up. Rise up and have no fear. For some of you, you're in a really good place. You feel secure in this. But here's for all of us what I feel the Holy Spirit is saying. Jesus wants to take us one step further. We're doing this a step at a time. He's leading you one step further and closer towards the Father. In confidence, I want to stand and just prophesy this over every single person. The best is yet to come. This is getting increasing and it's getting better. It's changing from one degree of glory to another. It's growing. The best is yet to come for you. So Father, we just want to say yes to you. We want to say yes to more of you in our lives. Jesus, we want to just journey with you in this season. Jesus, we want you to be our vision. Jesus, we want our eyes to be fully on you. Jesus, we want to give ourselves completely to you. You are our delight. And God, we just pray, Lord, that, 
Lord, for each of us, God, would you just help us to boundary time, God, where we can just retreat and withdraw, God, to be alone with you, to be still and to know you, God, in this season, that we would set you before us always, Lord. God, as we do that, we pray, Lord, that daily there would just be those moments of transfiguration, those moments of transformation in each of our lives. And God, we, ex we expect it and we're excited for it. God, just help us to be boundary and disciplined, God, just to give ourselves the time to do it. Jesus, and the all that you'll lead us into this week, in faith we say thank you. Lead and guide us, Holy Spirit, and even as we worship right now, we just come to encounter you once more. Be glorified in this and all that we do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.